That's good, huh? Kind of helps you understand the different nuances of wisdom literature. And in general, it is the case, Proverbs says this, that if you live a wise life, you'll live a more blessed life. How many of you want a more blessed life? You get to decide. Raise your hand if, if, if you do. You, if you don't, you can decide that way too. It works both ways. Now, it may be the case that you have been around enough to understand that sometimes godly people, it doesn't really go that well for them. And uh, we're not, that's not going to be a subject of this series, but I would encourage you to read the book of Job. That is the central idea of the book of Job, a godly man who has a big train smash of a life. And so if you're wondering about that, I, but I am saying the biblical uh, truth is that the more you live the ways of God, the more blessed you will be in life. You will, uh, generally speaking, be entrusted with more wealth. You will have better marriages. You will have better career paths. You will have better experiences in university. You'll have better experiences in your neighborhood, the whole deal, okay? So I want to go to Proverbs 1. Go there with me in your Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, you can go out to the blue tent, and they will give you one. You can also get version on your... How many of you have version on your phones? Okay, so... Many of you have that. If you don't have version, you can go out to the blue tent afterwards. They'll show you how to download it on your uh, device, and you can have like 70 versions of the Bible on your phone, which is awesome. Uh, it, and it's a tremendous gift to the church and to the world. But Proverbs 1, I want, you to, I want to just read uh, the first seven verses to kind of build on what they were saying in the Bible project. Uh, and that Bible project, by the way, the middle one would be Ecclesia or, yeah, Ecclesiastes, uh, which I think Solomon wrote at the end of his life. And then the, uh, the last one is the book of Job. But wisdom literature also includes Psalms and the Song of Solomon. The Song of, so Song, Song of Solomon. Now, you have to understand, kind of backing up, First Kings tells us, I think it's in chapter 2 or 4, it tells us that Solomon actually wrote 3,000 Proverbs. We do not have all of them in the Bible. He also wrote, interestingly, he wrote a thousand and five songs. Where'd he learn to songwrite from? His dad, which is kind of cool. Because if you remember from the series on David, David was off, often the checked out dad. He was the dad who was very passive when he should have led. And a lot of us can relate with that. But here's the kind of opening salvo of Proverbs, where sort of the why of Proverbs is given to us. So look at your Bibles. It says in verse 1, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and a prudent life, for doing what is right and just and fair. That's a huge part of the book of Proverbs and Jesus' ministry. Uh, for giving prudence to the simple, Knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And then you have this famous verse. And I love how they did it. They kind of scaled it in the video. Uh, it says, the fear of the what, Lord is the beginning of knowledge, or the beginning of wisdom, some of your translations are translated. But fools despise wisdom and discipline, meaning they don't do it, okay? Now, simple in Proverbs, the simple is all of us on any given subject. All of us are ignorant, not stupid, ignorant. 
You understand the difference between these two? You ought to know the difference between these two. Uh, but, but we're all relatively ignorant. So we're simple at certain levels and wise at other levels, okay? But a fool in the Bible, a fool in Proverbs, is somebody who hears this, what I'm saying to you right now. They hear the principles of God, they hear the wisdom of God, but they don't do anything with it. And the fool in Proverbs has, well, let's just say it's a bummer, okay? It's a bummer. So you do not want to have a bummer, be a bummer, right? Right? You want to be wise in life. You want to understand. You want to, you got, you know, I've made a screen for you of kind of the summation of Proverbs, and especially one, chapter one. This is kind of the su summation of it, giving instruction on a myriad of things, gaining understanding about what you're actually doing in marriage, uh, learning what things I should do, how to treat others appropriately, uh, a lot of you need to do deep study there. Uh, <laughs> instructing children and youth. This is why we spend a lot of money on developing children's ministry and student ministry, adding to the wisdom of the mature, and then giving guidance for making decisions. All of these are, are kind of a summary statement of the entire book of Proverbs. So why is it that you and I need biblical wisdom? Because we're a mess. The studies are in. You and I need chokmah. We need chokmah at every level. How many of you are married? Okay, put your hands down. Don't raise your hands to what I'm about to say. Studies tell me that 90% of you need drastically a better sex life. Is that in the Bible? Is sex in the Bible? It's all over in the Bible. Write this down, write this down. This is good news. Men, listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. Write down Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. Solomon wrote it. Song of Solomon. I dare you, I double-dog dare you to read that entire book in the next 30 days. So, did I say it already? Song of Solomon. Okay? Song of Solomon. A, a lot of us are a mess with our kids. Is there stuff in the Bible about child raising? Proverbs is full of it. Full of it. Is there stuff in the Bible that tells me about how to handle my finances? It's full of it in there. If you learn the biblical principles, we have a life group system called Financial Peace University. Uh, Ron, you probably saw him driving in. Ron is this man, a wonderful guy. He loves that group. That's his jam. He leads, uh, F, we call it FPU, or Financial Peace University. He, he runs that all the time. He does excellent at it. And Anyway, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bible that will help you how to build wealth. How many of you want more wealth? Raise your hand. You get to decide. Raise your hand. Do you want it or not? Now, the Bible has a lot to say about the why. The why. And it's very much a spiritual issue, very much a spiritual journey, very much a discipline issue, very much a prudent issue to pray about next weekend, for example, kingdom builders. What should I give, Lord, of the money that you've entrusted me with? Now, I'm downloading a bunch of hokma to you. What do you want me to do, Lord, with all of the money that you entrusted me with that I am to be a steward of? I just gave you like a little graduate course in finance. This has to lead your life or you will forever be imprisoned to the materialism and the godlessness of your economics. Uh, it, it, the Bible has every, things to say about everything. Your health. 
really, the Bible talks about health? Yes, the connection between your body and your spirituality, it's everywhere in Scripture. Everywhere in Scripture. It's cover to cover in there. It has stuff to say about everything. Now, we get to go to a super famous story. It's the story of the Queen of Sheba when she goes to meet Solomon. It's sort of at the apex of Solomon's spirituality. Remember, go there with me. We're going to be in 1 Kings 10. While you're going there, let me bring you up to speed. I, I taught you through the series, I've taught you that Solomon was charged by God and his dad, David, to bring the temple worship to Jerusalem. He was charged with the responsibility of building the temple and changing the entire spiritual culture and climate of Israel to empower the Levitical priesthood and do all this change agentry, which he accomplishes. And at this stage, he's accomplished a lot of it. And, and this queen from, by the way, look at this map, the queen of Sheba. Where in the world is she from? Uh, okay, this is a modern-day map of the Middle East, sort of, and Africa, okay? Uh, the, the, it's kind of hard to see, but the darkish brown country at the bottom of Saudi Arabia is where we believe Sheba was, okay? So she's a queen. She's traveled 1,200 miles. The little sliver of land up here, uh, right here, uh, where the little, there's like a lake in it, that's Israel uh, on the Gulf of Aqaba, uh, which was a huge commercial wealth-building environment for Israel, right here at the tip. Um, and the, the reason that gulf is so powerful and, and important is because it goes to 1,850 meters in depth. So it's an incredible uh, waterway up to the very tip of the southern end of Israel. It becomes super, super important biblical history. Anyway, the Queen of Sheba makes this trek. Now look at your Bibles. Look at the, look at the why. Uh, this is uh, 1 Kings chapter 10. The, when the Queen of Sheba hears about the fame of Solomon... And his relationship to the name of the Lord, which is all very interesting. She came to test him with hard questions. Wow, that's kind of wonky. She comes to test him with hard questions. Uh, spin it into a business context. You are looking for, or like even a kingdom builder's context. We have hundreds and hundreds of global partners that apply for funding that we all give through kingdom builders to partners. Okay, like partners in, in the world, give clean water, whatever, that we test them and we ask them hard questions. We have a whole team that's built to do this. They're amazing. One of them's a superior court judge. So we've trained them in how to vet all of our, They don't get any of our dollars unless they bring it. And we pick the best. Okay? We pick the best. So, okay, so think about it, Queen of Sheba world. Okay, because she she's going to become a financial partner with Israel, all right? She's going to get involved. So, so she comes to test him, which is what you guys do at work. Joe, you do this in the police force. Every, all you military people, you all do it in your military. Everybody does this, you, or you ought to be. Maybe that's a little bit of hope for you. Anyway, uh, so, she, uh, so verse 2. Arriving in Jerusalem with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones. So she comes to impress him with her prowess. She wants him on her team, okay? But she's checking him out. So she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. 
Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom in Sol of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food and his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cup bearers, and then notice, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple, because the temple, Solomon's temple was one of the great wonders of the world. He built it according to the design of God. It, it was incredible, uh, ultimately uh, basically destroyed, but um, whatever, you know, anyway, in history. Uh, but she's impressed with the offerings of the temple. She's watching the Levitical priesthood in play. So she, it like blows her mind. It says, it says she's overwhelmed. Uh, we would just paraphrase that. She gets her mind blown. Okay. And then she says to the king, the report I heard in my own country, 1,200 miles away, about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. And then she says this. All this is super important. We're going to read verse, through verse 9. How happy your men must be. How happy your officials. How many of you lead teams for a living? Raise your hands if you lead a team. Higher. I want to see who you are. Okay. A lot of you guys over there. Nobody over here? Raise your hands up if you lead a team. Okay. This is super important from a team building perspective. Uh, Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted you. I'm sorry. How happy your men must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and your, hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted. And now she's making an amazing statement. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and what? What is righteousness? If you're taking notes, you might write this down. Righteousness is the kingdom of God, the values of the kingdom of God, the behaviors of the kingdom of God in your life. Because look, God's wisdom is meant to be super practical, not just philosophical. It's not just theoretical. It's like, learning, it's like learning how to be practical, especially with your chokmah. For an example, I uh, was in Dallas. Yes, Dallas this week. And I'm there with the Leadership Network as the organization. Um, I've been involved with them for many years. I now help facilitate groups. And so I was there all week. I fly back Thursday. Now, it had been a long week, because the week before, I was in Minneapolis. And then last weekend, it was the one-year anniversary of our Hillcrest campus, so I was there. And then we're helping plant a campus, uh, not a campus, but just another church in uh, North County. And so I was there last week. And so I was tired. How many of you get grumpy when you get tired? Oh. Okay, so I was kind of grumpy. And uh, you could ask my wife. Uh, she will tell you. Anyway, uh, so I was grumpy. And so I, I'm get a I get a lift, you know, lift. Uh, Lift, you know, like Uber. And uh, so I get a lift, and he pops the trunk, you know, so I throw my bags in there. And, and, then, and then I feel, I hear the Lord say, Mike, I want you to get in the front seat. Now, I already told you I'm grumpy, right? So he tells me, I want you to get in the front seat, which is not common. By the way, if you're a male and you get in a lift, 
uh, it's quite common for you to sit in the back seat. They don't always feel comfortable with you sitting in the front seat, especially if it's a woman. It wasn't a woman, but, you know, I'm just saying. There's a little bit of hokma, by the way. Hokma. Anyway, so I, I tap on his front window. I go, hey, is it okay if I sit in the front? And he goes, sure. And I get in, and I go, how's your day? And he just describes his day with a bunch of expletives. Do you know what that word means? Uh, it was just really colorful, and... and I'm like, oh, you know, okay, and I asked him a few questions. Now, I only have 17 minutes with him. So, so you know, he's like going on and on, and I, so I said, oh. He goes, how was your day? <laughs> he goes, where were you flying in from? What were you doing? Yep. And so I say, well, I am involved in developing leaders of organizations and nonprofits, which is how I always kind of scale church stuff. You know, nonprofits, and, and he's young, so he's like, really? That's effing cool, and right, right, right. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, most of them, in fact, in this context at Leadership Network, most of them are pastors, and in fact, I am one. So I outed myself. Now, this took about six minutes. Now, he'd already told me a lot. And then I tell him who I am. And then he's like, wow, that's effing awesome. And, and, <laughs> and then, you know, he goes on to describe that. And he goes, but I'm, and then he says this. He says, remember, practical. He says this, I'm not really into religion. So you know what I said? Me neither. I said, I said, I understand religion has, you know, has a mixed legacy. And so, and part of why I do what I do is to empower people to not be religious, but to know God and to know Jesus and to know why they're alive. And that's what I do with churches. I teach them how vital they are to support each other and love each other and help each other grow in their marriages and with their kids and everything and their career paths and their, what they're choosing in education and then how to live that out in their lives. And then, then I told them about basically kingdom builders. And he was asking me questions, by the way. He's just like peppering me with questions, you know. Well, what's your church called? And I said, it's called New Break, because everybody needs one, don't you? And, and, and so we talked about that. And so then he goes, and then I told him what we do is kingdom builders. And uh, I mean, it really ended the conversation. I only had 17 minutes, but the conversation went really well. And I invited him to church, of course. And, and uh, I said, look, if you ever come, I want you to come up and say hi to me. And, uh, you know, uh, it'd be great. It'd be awesome. And he goes, well, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. But I made a little bit of progress. Why? Because I was trying to be as practical as possible. The worst thing I wanted to do is get into a debate with this gentleman about theology. Although this is theological. It's just practice. Praxis. This is practical. This is what is impressive to the queen. She says to uh, Solomon, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. I, don't, I am not privy to the entire conversation. I'm just saying, however he described and answered questions and stuff, he wasn't being a jerk. He was being kind, and it was simply impressive to this queen, which is amazing. Look, wisdom is not the same as knowledge. In fact, Proverbs says, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. I write that down. Knowledge can be your enemy, just like wealth. Wealth will kill you. Read Proverbs. Wealth will kill you. Oh, oh I just need more of it. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. You may need less of it. But you've got to get it straight. You've got to get it right in your life. Listen, life change is the goal 
of all of your knowledge. It must become wisdom. It must become life change. Ministry must be your goal. It is your purpose in life to do ministry, to be the hands and the feet of, the Jesus, of Jesus wherever you are, in your workplace, on your street, in your relationships, everywhere. Ministry, of course, you know, as you serve in the church, is this that usually when you think of ministry, you think of being involved in students' ministry, which is great. That's true. Or tech team or whatever. That's all good and true. You all need to do those things. You're commanded by God in Scripture to do that, by the way. Write down Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, write down uh, 1 Corinthians chapters 10 through um, 14. Write down Romans chapter 12. It is not, <laughs> it is the way of the fool to be walking with Jesus, in my opinion, for hardly any length of time and not get involved in serving in the church. It's just not biblical. It's ungodly. You're part of the problem. Let me just say can I just be that direct? I think I just did. <laughs> but it's not just ministry in the church. It's ministry in the police force. Like, Joe, what you do as a police officer, that is a ministry. That is what you do outside. Now, we do all kinds of stuff organizationally, like the Trunk or Treat. That's an amazing outreach. to our. There'll be 4,000 people on this campus for Trunk or Treat. That's why you need to bring candy. But... It's, it's like, this is wisdom. It's not just knowledge. It's like the application. See, intelligence informs you. Wisdom guides you. This is kind of the difference between IQ and EQ. Uh, you know, intelligence is awesome, okay? I'm just saying emotional intelligence is the deal. It's the application. It's the praxis. And wisdom is the path to a blessed life. A joy-filled life. Like, how many of you want to have more happiness? Right? How many of you want the people who work for you to be happy? You get to pick. But that's what the queen is saying. Man, the people are just stoked to be in your life. And they, they just, it, it, it's the pathway that is there that is for us. It's why the story's in the Bible. Like, why is this in the Bible? Why did God put this particular story, there's lots of stories. Why did he pick this one? It's in there for us to learn the chokmah. The chokmah. And wisdom points others, I love this. This is trippy. Okay? Why? Okay, Queen of Sheba. I already showed you where she's from. She's a polytheist, like everybody in the ancient world. What's polytheism mean? Many gods, okay? Many gods. So she worships many gods. The unique thing, in fact, of the... It was, by the way, both in the New Testament, early Christians, as well as the Israelites in the Old Testament. Monotheism was considered ignorant. To be a monotheist in the ancient world was considered like, duh, whoa, what happened to you? You have one god? Bummer. Sucks to be you. They, so they, and they judged the Israelites, generally speaking, in, in biblical history, and certainly the Christians. That was one of the biggest issues for the early Christians in the first century church. They judged them for being ignorant, dull, narrow-minded, whatever, because they're monotheists. 
Now, I am not saying the Queen of Sheba becomes a, a monotheist. I am just saying it is impressive that Solomon's wisdom makes her make some conclusions. I mean, I get, the, now the language is important. By the way, every word in Scripture is important. So notice, praise be to the Lord, what? Your God, okay, but whatever. Who, this is the Lyft driver. This is the Lyft driver. This is the people you work with. By the way, this is my dream for you, that people in your life who want chokmah, that they will see it in you. I don't care what your age is, and I know you're a mixed. You're like me. You're sometimes very chokmah, sometimes very simple, and sometimes dumber than a brick. Okay? But generally, my dream for you is that the people that work with you, like, Eric, what is it? You're, you're in the apprenticeship process for electrical. And so, like, my goal for you, because, you know, I used to build fences. My goal for you is that every home or if you're a commercial electrician, every place you go, your team and then people around you that are the clients, they'll be drawn to you because you have chokmah. And they'll see it in the way you work and the attitude with which you work. They'll see it in the way you handle adversity. They'll see it in the way you handle stress and how you handle your leadership quotient in play, under pressure. Anybody can be smoking when everything's all golden. I'm talking about when the job's not going right and your bosses are watching, this is how you lead up, your bosses are watching and they're seeing you as different. They're seeing you with chokmah so that then when this happens, they see you lead with a different kind of emotional quotient and they'll notice it. You'll get promoted faster, by the way. You'll become a foreman. You want to become a foreman? Okay. If you want to become a foreman, here's the fastest way, chokmah. And prayer and all the, we'll talk more, but yeah. Lots of stuff, okay? This is my dream for you. And it equips you to do the right thing. The right thing, which is all the time, every, every job. Um, and because, look, because of the Lord's eternal love, which is a still impressive, Queen of Sheba, the polytheist talking, because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, so Solomon must have told her. He must have told her uh, Heilsgeschichte is the German word. Uh, the history of salvation. Solomon must have told her the story of God up to this point. Because look, she doesn't come up with this on her own. She's a polytheist. So, so see what's happening? He's, he's made you king to, by the way, and this is super important, to maintain justice and righteousness. That's what you do. This is your leadership goal everywhere you are. And if I could give you one idea, it's not anywhere. You might want to take a picture of it. Everywhere you go, act like an invited guest. It'll change every room you ever walk into. It'll change every business you walk into. It'll change every family system you walk into. It'll change everything. Everywhere you go, act like an invited guest. Now, I am taking something for granted, and that is that you know how to act as an invited <laughs> guest, which I'll fill the void with good intention that you do. Like, so, you know, you go over to somebody's house. Let's say you're a germaphobe, and you go over to somebody's house, and you walk in the front door, and they have carpet, and they have dogs, and you see dirty carpet. So inside of you, sirens are going off, because you're a germaphobe. And, and, and you see dirty carpet, which you then, rightly so, no doubt, deduce that that is urine. 
and poo-poo from Dog Dog that wasn't clean quite right. And see, so chokmah is when you pick up all the data, but you put it through the filter of wisdom. And you get the why. Why are you invited into your neighbor's house? You understand the why. So if you can take that principle and like apply it to everywhere, it will radically change your world. It's like one of the key things. It'll like be like a trigger switch. So don't forget it. Let's read it together. Always behave like an invited guest. So try this when you walk. Men, listen. Men, I'm going to save you thousands of dollars in therapy that I already spent. When you walk into your home at the end of your long work day, treat yourself like an invited guest. <laughs> anyway, I could go on and on here. I'll stop. I'll stop. I can tell. I can tell. Okay, so what are your next steps? What are your next steps in pursuit of wisdom, uh, in your pursuit of wisdom? What are your next steps? Well, there's a lot of things. One is you have to learn the Bible. What do you mean I have to learn the Bible? That big old thing? That big old fat thing? I have to learn the Bible? Yep. <laughs> now, there's lots of ways to do it. Why do I have to learn it? Because God gave it to you. Thousands and thousands of people died throughout history so that you could have your Bible today. Miracle after miracle after miracle happened so you could have your Bible today. It's God-breathed. It's the only thing in the whole earth that is God-breathed. Everything else is commentary. Hukmah, per se, depending on who's coming th from and whatever, but it's God-breathed, and it's useful for what? How many of you know you need a good rebuke on any given day? Uh, correcting and training in righteousness. But you have to learn what the Bible says about everything, everything. Peter in the New Testament puts it like this. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. By the way, in Right Now Media, there are tools, videos you can watch in there that will teach you how to read your Bible, how to study your Bible, how to build a biblical theology, which, you know, we all need to help with. Um, it's not a matter of one's interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, and here's the kicker, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So what is the goal every time you uh, study your Bible? What is the goal? What's the end game? Here it is. I wrote this out on the screen for you. This is the goal. This is the game. This is the deal. This is your devotions. This is your, everything you read, uh, everything you hear. This is life groups. This is everywhere. You want to discern the voice of God. Well, Pastor Mike, I'm not, I'm not holy enough to hear the voice of God. Yes, you are. That's just your stinking thinking. Isn't holiness relevant? Isn't it germane? Yes, of course it's germane. Of course it's relevant. I'm just saying, God speaks. You know that in the Bible, God speaks through a donkey? I could use that other word for donkey. He speaks through a donkey. Raise your hand if you're better, greater, smarter than a donkey. Raise your hand. Decide. Okay, so that's all of us. <laughs> but the key thing is to radically change our lives. You want to radically change your life. You want to you kind of lean into this change all the time. Secondly, you have to ask God for it. This is our theme verse of the series on wisdom. This is our theme verse. I have challenged you, dared you, double dog dared you to memorize this verse. You know, like, if any of you, how many of you lack wisdom? 
And I'm like, oh, you lackwits. Am I a lackwits? Okay? It's a day-to-day deal. I have grandkids. <laughs> anyway, if I any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives how. That's the way it is. And we're going to pray about this in a minute. And I love this part. I had uh, them put in yellow this. Without finding fault. But Pastor Mike, I really stink spiritually. I haven't been a good husband. I haven't, I haven't been the fool. I've been the uh, 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 wine, wine, wine. You don't want a little cheese with that wine. It's without finding fault. This is the way God sees your life. And by the way, this verse 5 is in the context of suffering. The verses earlier say, count it pure joy when you encounter suffering of many kinds, any kind, because you know one thing in suffering. I'm not saying God, and James isn't either, he's not saying God causes suffering, but he is allowing it, and he will always, sometimes he causes it, but he he allows it, but he will always use it. Because the verse earlier says, through this, you're going to develop perseverance, and your faith is going to mature. If you play the chokmah route, if you play the fool route, it won't work. And then make it a priority. Make it a priority in your life. Like Proverbs says, Solomon writes in in chapter 4, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get it. (laughs) Now, we launched our podcast. uh, I don't know when we launched this. Some weeks back. We have several hundred of you who are now getting the podcast. If you put your camera on it, like if you put your, like uh, she's doing, yeah, you just put your camera on it, it'll take, yeah, it'll take you to it. Now, not on Android, right, Marcus? You can go to Spotify and find it on an Android. Um, but any smart devices, you just point it. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You just point it at it, and then you get it. You'll get it every week. Uh, now, if, you, if, that's, if you didn't understand any of that right now, it's cool. Go out to the blue tent, okay? Go out to the blue tent. Everything happens at the blue tent. <laughs> and, and I'll try to throw that slide up at the end, by the way, so you can do it. Um, and then this is super important. Paul writes in Colossians that your culture is trying to take you captive every day. Your Instagram feed, your Facebook uh, feed, all of the ads that appear in your online uh, anything, you're being marketed at lightning speed to adapt to the culture you're in. And you have to daily challenge what you have in your head right now, what you think is chokmah that is not. You have to constantly evaluate what you currently believe about basically, not everything, but like a lot of things, especially in a growing church like this, a lot of you are new to biblical Christianity. And it's really important for you to, uh, you know, safely and graciously challenge what you currently think about everything. Like, what do you think, what does the Bible say about child raising? What does it say about responsibility in child raising? What does it say about your uh, marriage? Well, what does the Bible say about marriage? Uh, what does the Bible say about who you ought to marry? What does the Bible say about sexuality? What does the Bible say about you know all the gender clarification issues of today? What does the Bible say about uh, 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 the whole abortion process? What does the Bible say about a myriad of things? It's all in the Bible. And flip it into a political context, because some of what I just said has political ramifications. How many of you know there is an election coming next November? Raise your hand. You know this. You know that from a biblical perspective, it's sinful for you not to vote? Read Romans 15. Uh, it's, it's simply unacceptable biblically for you not to participate in the process. 
uh, in fact, if you are an immigrant and you came into America, you took a class on them. So I'm just saying, you know, the, the, it, there are just all kinds of issues. Like, you have to have a biblical theology of, like, like we talk, I hear a lot of talk about, and a lot of it's mean-spirited and not very thoughtful, and certainly not very biblical, on the subject of immigration. And, and I'm not saying you'll all come out on the same place in terms of the complexities in, of immigration and how you might solve it. I am just saying the Bible is full of how we care for the poor as well as ourselves and what are the complex dynamics of that. And you need to be informed biblically in how you think about this stuff. You, you can't just be, you know, you, we can buy hook, line, and sinker, whatever line. Um, uh, so we have to be biblically informed about these things. And it's coming at you at a mile a second. And by the way, how many of you have kids under the age of 19? Raise your hands. You are particularly vulnerable. You have your work cut out for you. How many of you have grand, are grandparents and you have grandkids 19 and under, even 25 and under? Yeah, so we have our work cut out for us, ladies and gentlemen. And we have to be biblically informed and speak the word of God with truth and being a jerk. Truth and love, grace. But you live in a world where you have to broker the conversation. You are in a lift driver situation every day, all day. And you're not allowed to not have the conversation. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it like in 50 minutes. <laughs> I'm just saying you have to be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus on the earth. You have to figure it out. Now, you're going to be challenged by it. I get it. That's why you have to listen to wise teachers. You need to build a bevy of wise people around you. Solomon talks about it in Proverbs. Uh, wisdom is found in those who take advice. You have to build this out. This is why I want you to get right now media. Uh, you guys all have a connection card in your stuff. Get it out, please. It's, it's actually perforated, I believe, on your thing. We, how many of you use right now media? Okay, so lots of you do. I'm talking to those of you who do not. This, uh, just what I mean by the connection card is put your name, put your email, and put right now media anywhere on here. But make sure your email's, you know, legible. Okay, I'm challenged with penmanship, so whatever. Um, by the way, people ask me all the time, Pastor Mike, what's your email address? Mike at newbreak.org. Super simple. Okay, anyway. Um, so write it on there and then take it out afterwards to the blue tent and get this. There are so many biblical resources for you. Child raising. Oh, there's even uh, comedy on there, Christian comedy. It's really, it's, it's everything. Um, parenting, you know, economics, whatever. It's all there. So you need to take advantage of it. And so I don't know what your next step is, okay? But there is a next step for you, okay? Like, like, look, we're going to pray James 1.5 together, okay? That verse earlier, we're gonna, I'll lead us in prayer, okay? But we're going to pray together, and we're going we're gonna to access heaven and pull into our lives the power of heaven. We're going to pull, by faith, wisdom into our lives. Now, you have an area in your life that when I say that, you got this area. You got this thing where you need wisdom. I don't know what it is. God does. But we're going to pray James 1.5. You ready? You're about to receive from heaven. Okay, so bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Let's pray. In fact, pray this with me. Father, my God in heaven, I need your wisdom 
because I admit I lack it. And I know I can depend on you. And that right now, by faith, I'm asking you to give me wisdom to shine light into my darkness, to help me move from a fool, a simple person, to the person with chokmah, so that I can live my life the way you want me to live it, so that I can be a world changer. God, I will not settle for not changing my world. That is not biblically acceptable. It is not personally acceptable. So help me to make a difference beyond my own ability. I want to live a miracle. In Jesus' name, amen.